Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Solomon Moshowitz, and today we're studying the final Daf of Masachet Shabbat, Daf Kufnun Zion, Tractate Shabbat 157a and b. Tractates often end with an upbeat story, and Shabbat follows this pattern. On the way, the Daf touches on the concept of Muktzeh Mechamat Mihus, a new Mishnah is introduced, which discusses the annulment of vows on Shabbat, and then relates a ma'aseh, roughly speaking, a precedent, where one deduces the law from what a Torah authority actually did in a particular situation. Example, I saw Rabbi Kalmanovsky eat cabbage cheese. Conclusion, cabbage cheese is kosher. Ma'aseh is an important source of Jewish law. The tractate concludes with a story that reinforces a recurrent theme in the laws of Shabbat, a theme that helps keep Shabbat a true oneg, a pleasure, rather than a prison of prohibitions. We have time to talk about these just a little. Since we're concluding a tractate for the first time in our series, let's talk about the Hadran, the formula you recite at a siyum, the celebration of completing an entire Masechet. Then we'll recite an abbreviated version of the Hadran. First, the concept of muktzeh. For various reasons, certain objects are considered muktzeh, literally separated, on Shabbat. You're not allowed to move them and sometimes not even touch them on Shabbos. The instance on this daf is an example of muktzeh mechamat meus, muktzeh on account of repulsiveness. An example? A dead rat. It's just not Shabbistic to deal with revolting things. However, you're allowed to even move them if you need the space, or because of a soft but powerful and universal halachic principle, kvod habriot, treating people respectfully. If there's a dead rat in your living room on Shabbos, you don't have to put up with it or leave if you can't stand it. You're allowed to get rid of it. Before we review the final paragraph, let's talk about the traditional siyum celebration that follows the completion of a tractate. There is usually a learned discourse on the tractate, often connecting it to the beginning of the next tractate. Then the celebrant completes the last section and recites the Hadran. The core of the Hadran is a short paragraph in Aramaic, which you recite three times. There's a double entendre in the opening phrase, Hadran Allah Masechet Shabbat, which could be understood as, we will return to you, Tractate Shabbat, or, our glory is upon you, Tractate Shabbat. Then you recite a jingle listing the ten scholars mentioned in the Talmud who are sons of Rav Papa. They probably aren't all sons of the same man, but of different scholars, all named Rav Papa. This chant is believed to help you remember what you learned, and also may be a mystical allusion to the Ten Divine Emanations of the Kabbalah, or maybe the Ten Commandments, or the Ten Utterances with which the world was created. For me, 
It's a deeply meaningful part of the ceremony, but I can't explain why exactly. Maybe it's because these same names were recited joyously by my father and his father for generations. After the Ten Sons of Rav Papa, there's a prayer requesting that Torah study continue through the generations. Following that, an expression of thanksgiving for Torah, and a prayer that we be privileged to continue our study of Torah. After any significant Torah study, if there's a minion around, it's customary to recite the Kaddish Durabanan, the Scholar's Kaddish. At a siyum, though, at the end of the Hadran, you need to recite a special version of the Scholar's Kaddish, the Chadta, or Renewal Kaddish. The first section of this amazing Kaddish asks for a renewed world, explicitly including the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the resurrection of the dead. It's also recited at the cemetery, at an actual interment, and for Ashkenazic Jews, at no other times. So, in order to be powerful enough to say it, one must either be in a spiritually high place, as when you complete a tractate of the Talmud, or have a broken heart. After the Chad Takadish, there's a festive meal, which is actually alluded to on the bottom of Shabbat 118b, and everybody there joins in. That's why in some synagogue communities, the rabbi saves studying the last section of a tractate for the fast of Bechorot, which firstborns observe on the eve of Passover. On the morning of Passover Eve, the firstborns join with the rabbi so that when he or she concludes the tractate, they'll be able to join in the festive meal. In fact, they're obligated to do it. Too bad the strategy won't work for Yom Kippur. The last section of Shabbat, fittingly, is a story that reinforces a major principle of Shabbat law. Only intentional work is forbidden on Shabbat. If unintentional work were forbidden, we'd be paralyzed on Shabbat, terrified that we'd accidentally or inadvertently do some work. A little background for the last story. On Shabbat, measuring is rabbinically forbidden. Our Mishnah explains that it was ruled that in some circumstances it's okay to measure things on Shabbat. What circumstances? It turns out that one condition is that you have to be measuring for the purpose of doing a mitzvah. The rabbis didn't want to impose their own extra prohibitions if those would interfere with doing a mitzvah. So, here's the story. Ula visited the home of the Reish Galuta, that's the exile ark, and saw Rabba Bar Huna sitting in a bathtub of water and measuring it. Said Ula to him, Say that the rabbis spoke thus of measuring, that is to say, permitting it on Shabbat, in connection with a precept. Did they rule thus when it is not in connection with a precept? Amar lei mitasek ba'oma'ana. Rabba Bar Huna said to him, I was merely mitasek. What is mitasek? Mitasek is a condition for a kind of unintentional work. Mitasek is different from shogeg, doing something forbidden mistakenly, either because you didn't realize it was forbidden on Shabbat, or didn't realize it was Shabbat. Mitasek literally means being in a self-engaged mind state. Sometimes you do something without thinking about it. You didn't plan to do it, you didn't do it for any specific purpose. You're not liable for transgressing Shabbat for doing those things. As I said earlier, we don't want to spend Shabbat terrified that we might lose concentration and inadvertently violate the sanctity of Shabbat. That would interfere with the joy of Shabbat. What have we learned 
in Tractate Shabbat. From our study of Masechet Shabbat, we come to understand that there are two aspects of Shabbat. The Shabbat Queen, who commands obedience, and the Shabbat Bride, who inspires our love. The laws of Shabbat teach us that the Queen and the Bride are one and the same. The Hadran. Hadran Allah, Masechet Shabbat, Vahadrachalan, Da'atan Allah Masechet Shabbat, V'da'atachalan, Ladnit Neshe Minach Masechet Shabbat, V'latit Neshe Minan, La Ba'oma Hadain, V'la Ba'oma Da'ate. We will return to you, Masechet Shabbat, and you will return to us. We will be mindful of you, and you will be mindful of us. We won't forget you, and you won't forget us. Not in this world, and not in the next. Yehi Ratzon Milfanecha, Hashem Elokeinu Velokei Avotenu, Shetehei Tortecha, Umanutenu Ba'olam Hazeh, Utehei Imanu Ba'olam Haba. May it be your will, our God and God of our ancestors, that Torah will be our endeavor in this world and our companion in the next. The Ten Sons. Hanina Bar Papa, Rami Bar Papa, Nachman Bar Papa, Achai Bar Papa, Abba Mari Bar Papa, Rafram Bar Papa, Rachish Bar Papa, Sorchav Bar Papa, Ada Bar Papa, Daro Bar Papa. Ha'arevna Shemelokenu etivrei tort chavufinu v'fifiot amachabet Yisrael v'niya kulanu anachnu v'tzatzainu v'tzatzai amachabet Yisrael kulanu yodei shemecha v'lomdei toratecha. May the words of Torah be pleasant in our mouths and in the mouths of all the house of Israel that we and our children and our children's children all know your, know your name and learn your Torah. Yehi ratzon milifanecha Hashem Elokai Kishem Shazartani Lusayema Sechet Shabbat, Kenta Azraini Lahatkil Masachtotu Safarim Acherim Ulusaimam, Lumod, Ulamed, Lishmor Vila Asot Ulukayen, et called the Ray Tamud Toratecha Baahava, Uzuchut Kohatana Imva Amora in Vitami Dechachamim Tamod Li Ulazari, Shalo Tamush Hatorami Pi, Lipizari, Vizarazari, Ad Olam. May it be your will that just as you helped me complete Masechet Shabbat, you will also help me begin and complete other tractates and holy books to teach, learn, keep, perform, and fulfill all the words of Torah study and love. May the merit of the Tanaim and Amoraim stand by me so that the Torah never depart from my mouth and the mouths of my descendants forever. Hashem oz la'amo ten. Hashem yivarech et amo vashalom. May Hashem give us strength and grant us peace. Yishkeach! I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.